Welcome to the Business of You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gogos. This podcast is dedicated to helping you uncover how to turn your big idea into big business and grow your personal brand into the business of your dreams. Each week, I'll talk to founders of all kinds of businesses, exploring how they launched and grew their companies. Behind every successful business is an epic journey, one that can serve as a roadmap to help you grow yours. The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to the Business of You. Today's guest on the Business of You is Maria Marin. Maria is the founder and CEO of Unlimited Recycling. Unlimited Recycling is a one-stop shop specializing in waste disposal, recycling, and transportation for various projects in commercial, industrial, and institutional facilities. But they also do something different that many recycling and waste companies don't do, but they do food waste composting. In fact, Maria is an avid gardener. She's got a huge garden at home. We were comparing notes after the show and tips and even photos. And Maria is also lead, as in L-E-E-D, right? The green for green buildings, waste management, certified. And she's often called in, especially as a minority owned company, since she is a female in the construction industry, which is rare, um, to work on projects to take to manage the waste from major construction projects and recycle that waste into other projects. In fact, Maria is the waste recycling person on the largest construction project in all of North America, which is the Gordie Howie Bridge which connects the U.S. with Canada um, in Michigan over the Detroit River. It's a real fascinating project. Tune in to today's episode to hear Maria's story of how she started Unlimited Recycling and how she's very active in her community as well, and also how she's bringing her sons into the business. It's a great episode for anyone who's starting a family business and, and growing a family business and thinking of the legacy of their family business um, on top of being a great episode for many other reasons. Enjoy listening to Maria Marin describe her story. Maria, welcome to the Business of You. Great to have you on the show today. How's your day so far? Well, so far is going great. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be talking to you and have this opportunity. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, you run, you started and run a very interesting company called Unlimited Recycling. Um, you've had it for quite a while, right? Since 1999. Yes. But I'm really curious to know what were you doing before 1999 and what inspired you to start, start this particular type of company? Uh, before I started Unlimited Recycling, uh, I was working for the Department of Natural Resources in the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And my office uh, received all the illegal dumping calls. Mm. We received, you You can only imagine the, the community in the area. And so I started to really feel like there was such a need to for awareness in the state of Michigan. Uh, at the time, I was pregnant with my son, Max, who is uh, going to be 35 years old, and he now works for me as my vice president. 
And I went to the, um, we maintain and operate in boarding access sites. And there was a lady in the Wildlife and Fisheries Division office who saw me. And here I am, this young woman. And she, and she says, honey, make sure you don't eat fish from the Great Lakes because of the mercury. Oh. And I remember that was an aha moment for me when I heard that. And of course, I decided that I have to do something about this. Just didn't know where, mm -hmm. when, or how. And so the state of Michigan reorganized Parks and Division. We merged, and then it wasn't a good fit for me anymore. So I went to work for a company um, and learned all about mercury fluorescent lamps. And so I worked for another company, but I always wanted to have my own business. I always wanted to be independent because I felt like I wanted to fly and I had wings and I was restricted. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to be unlimited, you know. Mm -hmm. So one day I was just sitting up in bed and I thought, I'm just going to start my own company and I'm going to call it Unlimited Recycling. I want to be a one-stop shop. I want to educate the community on how to properly dispose of the mercury fluorescent lamps because right now they're going in the trash. Uh, or they're going into a fiber drum and it's being buried in a hazardous waste landfill. And the state of Michigan had just adopted what we call the universal waste regulation. And so we, um, that I felt that that was my calling. And that's when I decided to start my own company. And as a matter of fact, the day that I incorporated my company was the day that I found out I was pregnant with my uh, youngest son. And so it, it's, you know, it's, it was like when I look at my company, both my sons are somehow connected and now they both work for the company. And they're the ones that asked me to come work for me. I didn't ask them because this is a very um, challenging business to be in. Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, what a beautiful full circle moment um, for your sons to be there. Like, you know, you like grew them as you grew your company. And I think when you start your own company, it's really like a child too, right? It needs all the same things, your attention needs food. It's unpredictable, right? Um, all the things. So um, before we go deeper into unlimited recycling and that part of your story, I'm just curious to know what you, like, where were you born and how did you think to become an entrepreneur? I know you got your MBA um, from Stanford at one point. So how did you end up in Michigan? And um, and again, I, um, I was actually born and raised in Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. And um, I had an incident at school where the guerrillas came in and, you know, forced us to leave. I was in a private Catholic school. So I went home and my father just said, pack your bags. You're going back to the United States because I had visited a, a sibling that lived in Florida. And so I packed my bags and left and never went back. How old were you? I was 15 years old. Wow. And did you go by yourself or your whole family came? I actually um, came with my brother who actually passed in 2008. Uh, so it, him and I who came, I'm the youngest of seven children. Uh, so a lot of them were already had left the country uh, to, you know, either study or live abroad. Um, so it was a very traumatic experience for me coming here, not knowing any English, but I have, was fortunate enough to have had a great life there, very privileged life. Um, and so I felt like it was my duty to continue the legacy of my parents and, okay. and to better myself. And I found that the success, uh, was, was not, uh, should I, but it was a must. It was something that I had to do. I felt obligated to 
um, make my parents proud. And mm-hmm. I felt, you know, that, and I always, um, I used to speak with my mother that um, I always wanted, I'm very creative. I come from a family of either doctors or entrepreneurs and artists. And um, I have a little bit of that, but mostly the, I, like I'm super creative with my business. Like it's always in my head, even uh, if I'm away from the office, that's when my creative juices get going. Yeah. Um, but I'm always thinking, it's like you said, it's like my baby. Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I created it. Now I have to watch it grow. And so, uh, but yeah, that's how I ended up coming uh, to the United States. And mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for this country that has given me all these opportunities. Yeah, totally, uh, totally understand. As I as I had shared, my parents are both immigrants uh, to the U.S. as well. and and it was a different time, right, to come to this country in, yes. in those years. And the um, it wasn't so easy to come and you had to, right, like show certain commitments that you had once arriving to this country. So it was no doubt a struggle for you. And congratulations for your, um, your you know, your origin being the driver to what you've accomplished today, too. I'm sure your parents would be very proud. Thank you. Um, so Stanford, how did you how did you end up at Stanford? Actually, right I just wanted to correct that I didn't get my MBA from Stanford. Okay. So uh, program um, that was uh, created for Latino-owned businesses huh. in the country, and so they felt like um, you know uh, Jerry Porras, uh, one of the creators of the program. Uh, decided that really we needed to come together and try to assist uh, the small businesses, especially Latino businesses throughout the country to help us scale. And so uh, they have committed to um, to uh, creating the cohort. I participated in cohort number three, in which we had a video, which is on my website, uh, www.unlimitedrecycling.com. Um, and it's on YouTube. And so I, there was a video, uh, challenge and I, I want first place. And I believe to this day, they still play that video because it's a very heartwarming video to watch. It's just three minutes. Uh, but at that program, um, it was very intense. We did have to take an exam and I did pass with flying colors. Thank God. Um, you know, running a business and studying at the same time is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided that after I graduated from that cohort that I needed to give back to the Latin community. Um, and so I stayed uh, as a mentor. And well, since then, uh, we're now just started cohort 16. And so you can only imagine how many companies I have mentored, mostly in the construction and waste management industry and recycling. And I've learned a ton from, uh, so I feel like um, even though I didn't get my degree there, I continue to learn just through the networking and um, all the podcasts mm-hmm. that all the professors put out for mm-hmm. all of us, because we're now in a community, right? Yeah. And so uh, I'm just, I, I love to learn. And I think it, we, we're never done learning every yes. day is an opportunity to grow. So, um, yeah, so it's been an, it, it continues to be an amazing, amazing experience to be a part of the Elban mm-hmm. Stanford community. Mm-hmm. That's great. Sounds like a great program. Fast forward, you know, you were working um, in the state of Michigan in various roles. You were inspired 
by seeing the the waste that was taking place in your in your roles as an employee. So I'm curious to know what were the first steps you took to to start a company um, like Unlimited Recycling, which I'm assuming too, because you needed big equipment, you needed really to invest in a, in a lot of overhead as well. So what were those first steps like for you? So in order for me to perf- be able to perform and uh, once I started my company, um, I decided, it, it, of course, I was pregnant, right? At the time, uh, just started. So what I decided is I was going to focus more on education, educating the customer as to why they needed to recycle, implement the program. I could sell the containers. Um, and what I did is that I subcontracted a company um, to do the hauling for me. So I didn't have any trucks uh, for the first uh, about seven years of my company, nor did I take a paycheck. I, everything was put back into the company. I mean, there's certain perks that you get as an owner of a company, um, but uh, I took very little money because I had another business called Latin Translations and Culture Services. So I was doing a lot of translating uh, for Kingswood Hospital um, in psychiatric care. So I had other sources of, of income. And so I started putting all my money back into the company. And when I was ready uh, to invest in equipment, trucks, I made sure that I had the funding for that, which is when um, I was recycling for the uh, U.S. Army Take Home uh, Command Center and also Selfridge Air National Guard. And they uh, needed a company that could incorporate the recycling and the solid waste removal into and be able to manage both. And back in the day, the waste management companies, so the trash haulers, did really care about the recycling. It was all, everything went to the landfill. So when they came to me and asked me, you know, here's this contract, but you have to handle trash. And my first reaction was, well, I don't do trash. I, I recycle regulated waste. Uh, but then, you know, um, I called my uh, my two of my mentors, um, my CPA and, and my attorney, and they said, Maria, you can do this. So I called back and said, I can do this. I don't know anything about trucks. I don't know anything about dumpsters, but I'll figure it out. And so I did. Uh, um, I went to the SBA where they they I had been part of a program called the 8A program. And so um, they, they negotiated the contract with the Army, and I was awarded a $2.5 million contract. And so the fact that I started a recycling company was really what opened the door for me to get into the solid waste which is that's where I started developing um, other programs for for waste disposal, proper ways to dispose of material that was going into the dumpsters. And so I didn't have any trucks, but then, you know, I started investing in my, I bought two trucks, a roll-off, triaxle, and I bought a box truck, and I bought 13 dumpsters and a bunch of containers. And then I started selling um, the services, because I thought, I like this. I want to grow this. I started dumpster diving and seeing what was going in those containers, including metal, cardboard, drywall, wood, paper, metal. I mean, you name it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is I, I have to do something about this. So that's when I started developing other programs called LEAD, Lead Energy Efficient Design, to divert 
uh, construction debris that is going into the dumpster, we're diverting that and separating it on site uh, so uh, that th those construction projects can be certified as lead and we can recycle um, really average 95% of the material that's being regenerated at the construction site during the construction. Amazing. That's and that 95% that you're now recycling was just going to the landfills before. Correct. Correct. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, so you've made quite a niche for yourself, right? I mean, you're minority owned, you're woman owned, you have this um, specialty with lead um, on the recycling side. Um, is where, where were some of your milestones for growth? So it took you seven years before you started buying trucks, was it just like grow, grow, grow from there? Yes, it's been grow, grow, grow every yeah. single every single okay. year. And I'm I'm trying to grow. Some people can look at my business and say, "Why wow, you've been in business, you know, 24 years, and why is it taking you this long to get to this level?" Um, it's been been a very challenging 24 yes. years because I have had no investors. I have been able to, um, you know, get my loans on my own, um, pay them back, reinvested, bought more trucks, paid off the loans and so forth and so on. And so I don't try to not to go over my head financially. I don't yes. want more than I can not afford to pay. So I'm very thorough and very frugal with with the finances because um, my my the decisions on where we go uh, as far as the growth can break or make my company. So true. You know, right now I have you know we're twelve employees, and so every single employee depends on my decisions. Mm -hmm. If I make one bad move, we can go under. So you have to we have to make sure that we have enough work to justify that new equipment. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, you're just risky enough. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. To, you know, to to even go into this world. So how has it been like for you as a woman um, running uh, this type of company and also dealing with the type of clientele you deal with? I've been very fortunate that I have had uh, a large um, percentage of people in this industry that have not even blinked an eye. They don't see me as a woman. They don't see me as minority. They just see me as someone who has the knowledge. Because when they come to us, they're like, I need help. How do I do this? And we tell them and they're they're grateful. Um, the ones that I've had some challenges with uh, are the larger uh, corporations that doubt that we can self-perform or doubt that we have abilities because we're a small business they compared to waste management, Republic, all the local large haulers. And so that's been the challenging part. Um, when I've had some men that have called my office and said, oh, thank God a man's answer the phone because every time I call, it's a woman. And so I see that as um, it's, it fuels me and it doesn't upset me. It just yeah. feels me to say, you know what? I'll show you. Yes. I will show you. And I'm just very silent in the background growing. I've had some um, uh, a particular gentleman who called me from a large company uh, telling me not to bid on a specific contract. And uh, and I basically asked him if I was a man, would you be calling me? 
And then, of course, I gave him a piece of my mind and he never called me again. And as a matter of fact, now we manage some of the the containers that he has in some of my customers' facilities. Now the tables have turned. So a lot of times I just let karma deal with those issues. Uh (laughs) But I said, again, I think they just feel me to do better because I don't have to prove myself to anyone except my customers, right? And my and my employees and myself and my family. So have I had adversity? Absolutely. But I think we all do at some point. Uh, and it is this 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 is a male nominating industry. But when I walk into a room, I feel that I'm bringing so much value. And my head is high, and I've had many many years that I've been that I have dedicated myself. They have sacrificed to give to this community and into the company that actually I don't walk around feeling that way. Yeah. Uh, and when, and when I do come across that, I take what I can from it and then just use it as a, as a weapon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's brilliant. Yes. I, I don't allow, um, as a matter of fact, I think I work better under pressure. Uh-huh. That's what I've realized um, that I do better when I have challenges than when it's just too easy. What's the first thing you do when somebody refers a business or service provider to you? I know what I do. I go to Google, I Google them, and I check out their website. And what I see online tells me a lot about how this person is going to conduct their businesses, whether it's service-oriented or product-oriented. I look at the details of the site. I read all about them. I check out their homepage. And maybe that's because I've been running an agency that builds websites for many years, But I also think how somebody presents themselves online says a lot about how they'll do business with you. So highly recommend having a great website to conduct your business from. Check us out, www.thebrandid.com. If you need a website from one page to 100 pages, we can totally help you fulfill your need for an incredible website and presence online. Check out www.thebrandid.com. TheBrandID.com. You also have a composting side to your business, right? Yes. Um, a few, mm-hmm. it was about 10 years ago, um, mm-hmm. I got a call from a hauler on the west side of Michigan. And they're more sustainable on the west side of the state than the east side. And he was selling a route for a compost. And so I went to the farm. It's called Tad Hill Farms. It's been around for 300 years. Um, and I saw the operation and I fell in love with it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is like 40 percent of our organic waste is going to the landfill. When we can take that material, put it back into the uh, to the soil to enrich the soil and be able to grow better, better crop and better food for us. And so that became my passion. And it's been a challenge um, because in the state of Michigan, we just finally, um, the the governor um, has an initiative and in which I took part of. It's called the Flows Track, the first one in the state for, for organic. And so the goal is for the state of Michigan to increase recycling uh, by 45% by the year 2050. Although I think that's way too too low and it's the time frame needs to be 2030 and 2035 to reach that goal. 
but it's coming. It's like we're in the initiate the in the the first step of recognizing that food is a problem that we should not be sending it to the landfill. We need to divert that material. And so we have contracts with like Google. Uh, we have contracts that uh, one of the largest um, Cranbrook Institute, um, it's an, one of our customers that really into composting. Um, and, but we, we're struggling because we even have had contracts with large entities that have dropped the program because of COVID. And so it's been very challenging, but again, we don't, we don't give up. We just keep trying. So we continue right. to offer that service and we still try to perfect it and make it better. Yeah. So what happens to the, um, the food waste once you pick it up, where do you take that to? And then how instrumental are you in that aspect of your work? Basically what we do, we're a transporter. So we don't have a recycling facility that we bring material to, but we take it to the compost farm basically. Okay. And there is a, 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 a great video on my website. If you click on the compost and it's from Fox News um, and it explains all about the compost. And it's so basically it, you dump it into a pile with yard debris branches and then they turn it and it takes about two years to make the perfect soil. I have used them myself for uh, growing um, my my vegetables, and it's amazing. I have, like, I have tomato plants uh, that uh, in kale and other plants that I thought were annuals that are now perennials. I don't have to, I don't have to plant anything wow. anymore because it all grows back, except the watermelon. I haven't been able to figure that out, but uh, it's amazing when you use the rich soil. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and another thing, I don't know if you've done, uh, if you've heard about no-till farming, Yeah, a little which bit. Uh, when we turn the soil, it's not good for the soil. We need yeah. to leave it so it could, you know, continues to build the rich nutrients that, that it, that, that it needs to grow healthy plants without having to use pesticides, which that is a problem in our food. You know, we have a lot of pesticides. I mean, we could sit here and talk about Oh, so many things that I'm very passionate about, but that's one of them. And even though it's been challenging trying to sell this, uh, we're going to continue doing it until the state of Michigan adopts the law and says that now organic waste has to be diverted from going into the trash. And that is, I really hope that I'm alive when that happens. <laughs> and I'm hopeful that it would happen in the next, I'm hoping five, six years. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful. So are very you hopeful? Are you active on the advocacy side of things as well for things like I this? I am active with Next Cycle Michigan. Um, I try to be as active as I can, but honestly, my the, I feel that the educational uh, part of it is very important in our in our community, in our business community especially. And so I, I will continue to do that. Uh, and I feel like that's my contribution when it comes to that. And I'm hoping that that door will open for me to really work with the government and a more active approach than just, you know, advertising our services to the public. Yeah. Which is a perfect segue into my next question is um, after you, you know, you purchased the truck seven years in or so, how, what, how have you grown? I mean, aside from the fact that you, you know, your services are so in demand, and as we talked kind of pre-recording, you know, you, 
hiring your company also checks a lot of boxes for some corporations for certain reasons. Um, but what has your sales and marketing been like? Has it been mostly organic word of mouth or do you invest in marketing and advertising? You know, I would say yes and no. Uh, we do, um, you know, obviously constant contact. We advertise. We have Facebook, LinkedIn. We go to a lot of events. Um, we're very active in the community. Uh, we donate a lot of the furniture that we pick up from offices because people are now working out of their homes. And if we didn't pick up that furniture, we'd probably go to the landfill or heaven knows where. So we pick it up and we donate it. Um, so it's been... Um, a lot of it has been organically, word of mouth, I'm very active um, with um, BitNet is one of the sites, of course, that uh, they post all the uh, solicitations. Uh, we're out there doing networking. We're part of the chambers. Um, and we do sometimes advertise through Facebook. And of course, we have our website, which has been you know, uh, I've had that website for how, what, 24 years now. And we're, as a matter of fact, we're in the process of redoing our site to make it more efficient and attractive. Um, so all of the above, um, we do try to advertise as much as we can. Yes. And we will be probably increasing our advertising dollars in the next year. Okay. So we can grow more, but a lot of it is word of mouth, believe it or not. Oh, I do believe it. And, and you're so niche in what you do. You know, you're very specialized in what you do um, that I, I could see the word of mouth factor working very well for you um, and the growth of your company. What are what are like, would you say are the two to three biggest challenges that you face um, as the as the head of, of your company? Right now, the biggest challenge is that there's a lot of companies that are coming out of the woods, you know, that claim that they're sustainable and they're offering recycling services and and just a lot of competition um, in, in our industry. Um, that's one of the challenges because it's like we have to prove ourselves, you know, sometimes to the customer. Uh, right now I'm dealing with a potential customer who um, they are thinking about going with a broker, someone who's just working out of their house. They own no equipment, but, you know, he claims he's been in business for 30 years. And so those are challenges that we run into. Sometimes we have to kind of prove ourselves that we can do the work um, because, you know, we are a smaller company compared to like Waste Management and Republic and other companies. Um, the other challenge has been finding uh, good drivers in our industry. We, uh, right now we have a great team. I have probably the best team that I have ever had and I have to work really hard um, to be able to keep, you know, keep my team, keep them happy. We offer a lot of benefits. Unlimited Recycling is a great place to work. Um, it's kind of like a family business, but you come here to work. You know, it's not like the family, oh, because your family, no, we're here to work. At the end of the day, leave your problems at home. Uh, unless we can help you, but we're here to make money, right? So that's the challenge. Um, and really the other challenge is this, as I grow, what do I put the cart before the horse? Do I buy the truck before I have the, the so I have this, um, you know, come to the conclusion that no, I'm not going to order another 1040 air dumpsters and another roll-off truck until I have the business and I have the contract. So it's really trying to, um, keep the company financially stable. Um, 
So that's been a challenge uh, for us as well. Um, and, you know, in again, dealing with the competition is it's always um, to me, like probably the number one challenge that uh, because I feel that we do the best work. And, um, you know, and then they uh, we've had customers have actually come back to us and say, you know, I think we want to go with you because the other company didn't work out. So, you know, um, that, yeah. But, you know, there's challenges every day in this business. Every single day, we have so many laws that we have to abide. Uh, and, you know, uh, MDOT, Michigan Department of Transportation, we have frost laws that we have to follow. We have all the weight restrictions. Uh, you know, when we're hauling uh, material on the on the road, we have to be so careful. We have to have everything almost perfect so nothing happens. So we have no accidents. Thank God we've been very fortunate of all the years we've been working. We have never had an accident. We take very good care of our trucks. Um, but I'm very I'm very uh, very fortunate right now that I have a great team that's helping us. Um, you know, keep everything in check. Yeah. yeah so I yeah. can focus on you know. Focus on on what's not being in the business, but being on the business. Yes, so important, so hard to do too. What keeps keeps you um, smiling? You know, you have like a just a lovely energy about you, but I feel like the things that you mentioned are challenges, and the type of work you're in. There's probably a lot of you know, every day brings a new challenge potentially, or you know, a smooth styling day, but yes. there's a lot of unpredictability in your business. So what do you do to, you know, to stay grounded, to stay healthy, to stay positive? I am very strategic in everything that I do. Um, I I feel that uh, I have the, uh, the mindset that if I'm on an airplane and I'm flying with my son, that I have to give myself oxygen before I give it to my child or whoever's with me. So I try to take care of myself first, um, mentally, emotionally, and physically, because if I'm not those things, then I, what do I have to offer to my, to my team, to my family, to my customers? So it's very important for me to stay in, in very good shape in every way that I can to have that positive um, attitude uh, to look at the glass half uh, full, not half empty, that um, every day is an opportunity to grow. And then problems happen uh, for a reason. And, they're, and we learn from our mistakes and we have to do better. So every day to me is a gift. At the end of the day, I like yesterday, I had a very difficult day. At the end of the day, I think I was in the office until about seven o'clock last night. And when I was done, I'm like, I'm done, done. Now it's time for me to come in. What am I making for dinner? I have my son with me. Well, I'm very fortunate he's still with me. Um, and I'm just going to enjoy life until I go to bed. And when I go to bed, I say, I did a wonderful job today. I did the best I could. And now it's time for me to go to sleep. I don't think about anything except I need to care of myself because I need to be awake and energetic in the morning to do it yeah. all over again. Right, right. So, um, and I, I like to have everything in order. <laughs> uh, 
Everything has to be, you know, uh, within reason. Uh, I also have the ability to be flexible. Sometimes you just got to go with the flow. Things don't go our way. And you're like, oh, well, you know, okay, could, you know, sometimes I just have that attitude. And sometimes I'm like, no, it has to be this way. But it's just the time and the place in which I choose to do that. And it's taking me many years to get where I am. But I feel like I'm in a good place and it's taking yes. me a long time to, to be where I am. Uh, but I believe anybody can do it. It's just, it's all about the mindset. Yes. It's really ourselves. Yes. That I, I need to take care of me. And then when we do that, then everything falls into place. Yeah. Yeah. I think mindset is huge and being a founder of any type of business, it can totally make or break you. Yes. Yes, it can. I am very thankful that I'm an entrepreneur. I just absolutely love and anyone out there that uh, has an idea on, on a business, if you have a niche, do your homework, look at your competition, learn the industry and really apply yourself, write a business plan, go to the SBA, find a mentor and just really believe in yourself because I believe that we all have the ability to work for ourselves and be independent. It's not for everyone, obviously, but the ones that do want to do that and go that route is very doable. So yeah. just believe in yourself, believe in your mission and your passion and, and go out there and get it because it's out there for us to grab. And we live in the best country in the world that can make that happen. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so glad you shared that where there's a will, there's a way, right? Um, Absolutely. And they, takes us back to what you said at the very beginning that your your mindset was that you felt like you were unlimited you wanted to to grow and to do something different and you certainly found a way i mean i i can just imagine about all the laws you deal with and all you have had to learn um yeah. again in your industry which is like such a special niche but you're at the end of the day too i i see that you're um you know there's so much purpose in your work right about literally yeah. making the world a better place. So so thank God for people like you. Well, thank you. And I hope that that's my legacy is that when I left something behind that was meaningful. So if I can do that, I'm happy. Yeah. Where's the best place for people to learn about you, Maria, and learn about your company? Uh, my website, um, unlimitedrecycling.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. We also have a Facebook page, Unlimited Recycling. So go there, like the page and... We, you know, we were out there uh, educating the public. So please look us up. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to The Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.